obviously coronavirus is is a terrible thing, but I feel like there is, uh, like like you said on the onset, there is some silver lining, and it seems like people are actually are worried about their jobs and about having money to put food on the table, even people that are not necessarily poor. And I think that uh, social democracy, at the very least, is looking really good. Hey, welcome to Brian Talks to Humans, a people's podcast about everyday people just cranking out these Corona casts. Uh, I've been really pleased with the response that, you know, from people who want to talk about what's going on, you know, and I think years from now when I look back on these, it'll be a, an interesting primary source, if you will, for for me to look at and, you know, remember this this time, this this crisis that we're all going through. This episode's chat is with a friend of mine named Erfan. We met in, uh, I guess, I don't know, 2008-ish, somewhere around there, down at Rutgers. He was running with some uh, revolutionaries down there that I was uh, hooked up with, and we've stayed in touch since. But for a long time, uh, that keeping in touch has been, you know, online through social media. We had a brief phone chat the night before we recorded this, and we realized that we hadn't spoken verbally or face-to-face you know, on the phone or in person or video chat or anything like that in over 10 years. So our conversation is pretty light for the most part, talking about what it's like to be isolating in the uh, in the global hotspot for coronavirus cases. Some of the music that he's gotten into, a little bit about politics, and as always, trying to find some silver linings out of this crisis. And like the last few episodes, we end with a couple rounds of One Gotta Go. By the way, that's like a card game. You can you can buy One Gotta Go out there on the interwebs if you want. I've actually been using it as the attendance check-in for my online teaching lately. Just one note, I know that these first few Corona casts have been all men. I'm just doing them in the order that people respond to me. And I have a few women lined up coming up soon for you. Okay, here's my conversation with Erfan. I hope you enjoy. Where are you living these days? So I am living in Brooklyn, New York. I'm living in Bed-Stuy. Really, uh, you know, it's not probably as cool as like Bushwick, but it's like a pretty cool hip part of Brooklyn. It's, you know, it's gentrified for sure. But it's also, I find that it's like that, that there's a lot of the, you know, what's it called? A lot of like the immigrant culture is still here. A lot of, uh, you know, just there's a lot of places that are owned by locals. And, you know, like I can... If I wanted to, I could get like my beer cut at the barber shop for six bucks still. So it's not it's not as bad as some parts of New York. Mm. And maybe I'm saying that to fool myself because, you know, I I I want to like the place I live in. But I mean, Bedside's a really cool, really cool neighborhood. Good food. I'd say one of the best music venues uh, in New York is um, literally walking distance from my house. Which one is that? It's called Bar Lunatico. Mm-hmm. It's really it's. Really emphasis on intimate. Like I think you can only fit like 40 people in there or 30 people. It's a, yeah, it's a bar slash music venue. The owner is like really like thoughtful about the music. I think a lot of jazz, a lot of like uh, world music as well. It, you know, obviously they're closed now. Right. Um, right. It's a, it's, a, it's a very unfortunate, but um, seen a lot of great music there. I've only really started going there in September and I was kind of kicking myself because I lived in the neighborhood for a year at that point. But yeah, no, I saw some really great music um, from 
from from you know people from the U.S., people from Brazil, other you know at, you know other parts of uh, the Caribbean, things like that. So you've been living at that particular location for about a year and a half, but in Brooklyn yeah. longer, right? Yeah. So I've been in Brooklyn for I think six years now. It's really hard to keep track. I was in uh, Crown Heights, and then I was in uh, I was in Crown Heights for a for a few years, and then I was in in Bushwick for about a year and a half. And, and now I've been at Bedside mm. and I'm hoping this is, I'm hoping to stay here for the near future. Kind of a, it's a really great location in my opinion. It's, it's, it's close enough to the city, although it's not super like I have to commute an hour to work. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. But um, it's got good food. It's got, um, it's close to like, you know, I can walk to Bushwick and um, a lot of places in Bushwick that I, that I, I, I go to or, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whether by walking or by, you know, by the bus or the train. And yeah, close to, I'm, re- I'm relatively close to Crown Heights and, and um, all, I guess the kind of hot parts of uh, Brooklyn. Mm, right on. So uh, you mentioned that your commute, what do you do for work and how has that changed uh, now that everybody's, uh, you know, sheltering in place? Yeah. So I work at the New York Public Library. I'm an information assistant, uh, which is basically like a, which is basically a librarian, but like more of like a, a plebe, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. Because uh, I don't have the library degree. But um, so I, you know, my job is serving the public. I can't do my actual job per se. I can't, you know, uh, you know, we're a busy, we're a pretty busy branch. So a lot of our, our job is just basic customer service. Um, so that part is not being done, obviously. Per, um, and then basically, so about a week about maybe like last Thursday or Friday, they started talking to us about remote work and, and expecting us to do some kind of remote work. It's a lot of like, they're, count, they're, they're being like a little open-minded, I think. They're not necessarily, you know, they kind of want us, it's really weird because at the same, they're, they're kind of acting like there's no pressure. At the same time, there's like this expectation we should be doing work. And like my boss said, my boss is pretty cool. So she said about like, you know, three hours a day is probably sufficient. And what kind of stuff would you be doing from home? So attending trainings, workshops, things like that, which I did yesterday. I run a book club, and so I'm, I'm going to do it remotely. And I'm going to try to – it's going to be tough because while the library's ex- extended uh, the number of books, e-books that, that are out, it's basically impossible to get any anyone that anybody's reading, really. Mm. So um, trying to figure out how that's going to go forward. I, I think – because I think we'll be – I think, unfortunately, we'll be closed at least through May, through at least part of May. And also, it's even if even if we're not closed in May, it's like how are people what how are people going to get their hands on that book? Whereas previously, I had ordered the books for them, and they came to the library, or when they came to the book club meeting, I, I gave them the, the copies of the book. So that, that that's going to be a challenge. And um, my next meeting is the eighth, and I'm hoping to figure out a, a list of titles and possible and figure out what books people have access to. Well, you know, all the good Marxist stuff is available. Free online. Oh, uh, to that. <laughs> that's so funny. I couldn't sleep last night, so I started uh, reading the uh, Marxism graphic novel. Oh, okay. And, you know, I like I did read some Marx in college and and through activism, and uh, but um, you know, I don't have like a foundation. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I took a Marxism class, but it was you know, I just read a few of the essays, skimmed them, and got an A somehow. And uh, I read a little bit of everything. Sure. Uh, yeah. But um, so I, I, I felt like I needed this primer, you know, I, you know, you know, I think about like in a time like this or in general, really, about like how my education has been um, the holes in my education, if you will, in spite of being an activist or having been a part time activist or former activist, I 
I, you know, I, my political theory and knowledge is kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, I think that's and, true um, for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And I'm finding a, lo- a lot of people that are in the know as well. You'd, you'd be surprised. Also, and something that, uh, an interest that we share in common, history. I've been, uh, the past few months, I've been like skimming through Guns, Germs, and Steel. So that's on the reading list. Things that I haven't, I, I've been reading a bit, but not as much as I thought I would. I'm going to mm. try to increase that this week. I found it really hard to concentrate when I've tried to read in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it is, but I, I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble focusing. Do you know what I think it is? I think your brain knows uh, that it, it, the, the brain is aware of like this like unstructured time that you have. And, you know, your, your, your desire to put things off, your desire to be, like let yourself be distracted is, I, is like greater, I feel mm. like. And that's <laughs> what's happening to me, I'm sure. Yeah, I could buy that because like during regular, regular business hours, you know, I, if I have a window of a couple hours to do something, I'll get it done. If I have a window of to do it for two days, I'll just keep putting it off, you know? So. Yeah. No, and I think I'm like, maybe I should have a schedule and I should just, the thing about work is it's actually forcing a, a bit of structure to my day. Yeah. But like, so I'm thinking maybe I need a little structure, but at the same token, there, there was an article that I read uh, a while back that I pulled up a minute ago, maybe like 10 days ago. It was on in the New Republic. It was like against productivity during the pandemic. Mm. You know, it just seems like there's a lot of things that I want to do and I feel like I need to do. Like I'm trying, I, I'm trying to find a new job eventually. So I think the urge to be busy, the urge to like get shit done is, is really strong. And also something maybe we should question, mm. right? We define ourselves by, by, by how productive we are and we feel guilty when we're not, you know, and that's sort of part of the toxic culture of, you know, I, someone like me would blame at least in some part capitalism for that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I think people, people feel like, oh, I, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I need to get this done. And, uh, and, and they, they're not comfortable giving themselves a break a lot, you know, and yeah. it's like something you have to like relearn, you know. And, you know, people that, do public service need those breaks i think like my job surprisingly i think to a lot of people is pretty stressful we are maybe pound for pound the busiest library in the system my library is saint agnes in the upper west side mm-hmm. um i i help like some days i help like 100 people mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. uh and that's like a three or four hour span and a lot a lot our patron base is pretty old and so it's a lot of like cranky baby boomers mm-hmm. who uh who uh, are very difficult to serve, who don't use technology very well and are, you know, will take the simplest things and take five minutes to explain them. Mm. Um, it's definitely taxing. And um, so this is like, you know, I, my emotional stress is just way down. I can relate to that. I'm around teenagers all day and they have their own, you know, I love them, but they, uh, you know, it, I get home and my energy is, is down and I, I just want to take naps and watch cartoons. And now what I'm finding is when I can have a little bit more more balance with that, I have time to do calls like this or yeah. political organizing and that sort of thing. And you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing that the pandemic happened, but I think it, like you said, it's starting it's starting to get folks to kind of rethink some of the ways that we that we live. You know, absolutely. I mean, I, I I'm hopeful, and I'm hoping good will come of this. Yeah, um, there are there are definitely some silver linings. Yeah, I think people are gonna think about working remotely more. I think people are going to think about work-life balance. I think people are going to think about, you know, demanding that pregnant women or people with disabilities 
you know, coming to work all the time when they could maybe work more remotely. I think we're going to, you know, we're living without standardized tests in education. So, you know, we could, if we can live without standardized tests now, we can live without them later, you know? So, you know, there are, there are some. Right, right. That's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So um, besides work, how are you holding up with uh, isolation and all that? You know, it's frustrating to not be around people, but I'm okay. I got my books. I got my, uh, my streaming content and uh, you know, I've been listening to music and I, I haven't played in a couple of days, but um, I have, as I told you last night, I have a piano and, you know, I'm learning some songs. That's a lot of fun. I've been playing piano since July. So what got you into playing piano? I've been into jazz for a while, but like, I, I really wanted to see Herbie Hancock. So I, I really wanted to see Herbie. So I uh, decided I, was just, I just needed to like buckle down and really listen to a lot more jazz to get myself, like, you know, more context and recognize the songs better. So I... I, I I went to see him in February and like the week before I did a deep dive into jazz. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then like I, I uh, started, as I told you yesterday, I started uh, one of the songs that like really caught, caught my attention or my favorite song at the moment is Dat Dare by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. It's just like, it was a, it's a very piano driven jazz song. It's written by the piano player, uh, Bobby Timmons, who was uh, very sad, very influential, but is underappreciated because he, he died at 38. Mm. Um, the, I think the kind of the era of the jazz messengers that everyone knows is he was part of that band. And the songs like Dat Dare or like Monin, Monin, which is their, probably the most popular song he wrote. So he died. Yeah, it was really sad. He died of cirrhosis at 38. Mm. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but so he's, he's, he's underappreciated. But, you know, I just kind of like, I don't know what it was, but it was like kind of like I was imagining the piano keys being hit. And then I'm like, that could be fun. Mm. My old roommate, uh, who has since moved out, she she decided to get a keyboard. And while I was thinking about this, and she was thinking about picking up something creative and fun too, she never uh, used it, or she used it like twice. So when she moved out, she like sold it to me for you know a fraction of the cost. I you know I started picking it up, and like it, I was kicking myself because I realized uh you know learning an instrument is hard, but sure is yeah. But the thing about piano, and it's maybe. Piano can be just as difficult as other instruments, if not more so, especially with the two hands, uh, which I haven't really been able to do. But there's a there's like an instant payoff. Like anybody can learn Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in five minutes, probably. Mm. Someone like me who who likes the payoff, you know, I, I want to put in the work too, and I want to do it, and I want to practice. But at the same time, I want I want to see results. I guess it, it it's uh it's good for me uh for a person like myself that wants to see that their progress is there and like yeah that's always been my problem with when i picked up a guitar or even ukulele which is supposed to be easy i just get frustrated like i i learn a few things and i don't get good and i have no discipline and i'm like fuck this and i just yeah just put it down yeah i mean that's the thing even guitar i think you need to play consistently for six months or so to really get the pleasure that i think that i get from playing piano um and um and, and yeah yeah it's you know like sometimes as any person that, that's busy that has stuff going on like you need you kind of want to pay off sooner you know it's what what you know i hate to use business terms but you know any time you put into something is an investment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and you want to see something out of your investment so you mentioned i think uh, last night besides playing around on the piano i've been doing some deep dives on uh some music yeah have you been getting um, into I realized deep dives might be a little um, ambitious 
Or, okay. Uh, all, I mean, I've done some dives into music. I, you know, like, I like all kinds of music. I, I you know, I mostly these days, a lot of the, what I listen to is hip hop and jazz. I love jazz, but I can't play jazz. What I listen, what I, what I play is like folk songs, R&B, like the, one of the first songs I learned or one of the first songs. And when I say I've learned them, I don't play them really well. I make mistakes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I basically know all the notes. But uh, one of the songs that I played was uh, Stay by Rihanna. Okay. I, which is a song I love because I feel like a lot of musicians nowadays don't really do a good job of like, outside of maybe some genres, there's not a lot of like dark, sad music, right? And I kind of eat that shit up. And so like having played that song, it kind of gives me an appreciation for like sad songs. And like, and like a few weeks ago, I, I don't know why, I don't know what, I forget what, what song exactly triggered it, but uh, I started to listen to songs that were kind of a little dark. It mm-hmm. might have been, actually, it might have been that song I told you about, although I think it was another song first. So I heard, uh, there's an album by Danger Mouse that he did with uh, this um, Italian composer. Her name is Danielle Lupi. And it's supposed to be like this uh, cool, like, soundtrack to a, a spaghetti Western movie that's not been made, I guess. And one of the songs was called Black by, uh, and, and Nora Jones sings on it. Mm. She's the singer on it. And it was, like, pretty dark, but it was, like, tongue-in-cheek. I've always liked, like, dark music. Like, one of the hip-hop songs that I've really loved over the last, like, decade that kind of was effective, I guess, uh, was um, was the song called Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. It's really, really like one of the darkest hip hop songs I've ever heard. And anyway, so then like I, I uh, just started to like look for other music like that. And I created this kind of weird playlist, which I'm going to look at right now. Okay. And it's, sorry, just being totally cheesy. The title is called The Darkness. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, actually, one, and there was a, one of the things I'm kind of interested in, although I, don't ha- I haven't heard a lot of, is like jazz that's dark, one of which was included on this playlist. There's a song called Cristo Redentor by Donald Byrd, mm. you know, uh, Red Clay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's on there. Um, what else? Uh, some songs that I knew. Um, the song Paper Tiger by Beck. You know that one? Uh, no, I don't. No, no. Yeah, and then I discovered uh, – and then like uh, – Pursuit of Happiness by uh, Kid Cudi. Wait, isn't uh, Red isn't Red Clay Freddie Hubbard? Th- sorry, Red Clay is Freddie Hubbard. You're right. What's the Donald Bird? Uh, there's a couple Donald Bird songs. I think he may have done a version too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, apparently a song you're not supposed to request. Did you know hmm. that? Mm. You're not supposed to request Red Clay, and you're not supposed to request uh, Take Five. Okay. Uh, because apparently that's half of what uh, people know and <laughs> what they request. The jazz musicians, and obviously they get tired of playing the same shit over and over again. Sure, yeah, yeah. What else we got? Um, we got uh, another jazz song, Lonesome Lover by Max Roche. Okay. Um, Me and the Devil by Gil Scott Heron. Another song from um, Rome, the Danger Mouse album I was talking about, Two Against One. Uh, some Fiona Apple. And it's, it's kind of fun to like cultivate these playlists and put them together. Mm-hmm. So can people like? Are, are, do you have this up on Spotify somewhere? Can people I do. like? I should share it, right? I never do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably should. Um, you know, I often share music on like Facebook, but I find that people don't really care anymore about that music. The personal milestones and like, um, you know, birthdays, things like that. Those get the most responses and the most likes, which uh, we're all we're all addicted to, right? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, for one, measure my value on how many likes I get. I, oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. That's, uh, your likes are, what is it? Uh, what is it? Like, you're, for me, like 30 likes is my, is my KPI, key performance indicator. What's a, what, I don't know what a, what's a KPI. Uh, key performance indicator. 
Yeah, what is that? Like that's just like one of the things. Like I guess that what like, I guess it's more like a watermark that you're like, okay, this is a successful post. Are you trying to use corporate buzzwords with me? Yes, I am. <laughs> I was saying it a little tongue in cheek. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's like, but when I get a post that, and it's very silly because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a 40 year old man. I shouldn't care about this shit. But like, you know, when I see a post getting 20 or more likes, it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, sure. You're getting some traction, like you said. So, you know, some people are vibing with what you're putting down, right? Yeah. I mean, like all the posts I put on the piano, though, that not a lot of traction. Well, you got to get better. Yeah, I got to get better. I, I think if I posted videos of, of myself playing and not making a fool of myself, I think that would get a lot of likes. Mm. But I'm like not anywhere near feeling comfortable doing that. So let me ask you a question. You're essentially more or less in like the world hotspot now for yeah for this for this virus what's it what's it like to to live in the hotspot and you know like what kind of precautions do you take and is there a psychological yeah, I mean, toll that it's taken or i mean well you know like i i limit how much i go out you know mm-hmm. like i'll it's come to a point where i'm like trying to make it so that it's not it's no more than every other day or every third day that i'm actually interacting with people because like i don't know i could you know I go, I go to my coffee shop here and there because they do uh, takeout and delivery. And, but even then you're like, am I, am I exposing myself? Like it, it would be nice to be able to go to my coffee shop on a daily basis, you know, even, or like maybe a few times a week. I, that's not possible. I always wear gloves. I, I went grocery shopping yesterday and I wiped down most of the things that I bought with the, cause I, the, you know, they're already out of Lysol and I didn't have any. So like I was told I should, uh, my aunt and I were talking about this. She's like, when I come home, like if I grocery shopped or went to the store or whatever, take off all my clothes immediately, shower, and wipe down all of the stuff I bought. Oh wow! Which seems extreme, and and you know I had to use wipes instead of like the Lysol because I didn't have it, and I was like, this is I don't know if this is feasible. I mean, yeah. I think just limiting the contact is probably good. The one, <laughs> the one way it's affected me also is uh, dating. Mm. Um, I had went on a date with a woman prior to, or like at you know as it was really starting to get bad. And we had a really good time, but, and then, but we couldn't see each other again. And we'd been texting back and forth. I haven't, te- I haven't texted her in a while. I should probably text her again. And then this other woman that I was messaging with back and forth, you know, we seem to have good conversational, you know, vibes. Unfortunately, it's like a lot of like, the, the conversation hasn't really sustained itself as well. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. I, I thought about just, I haven't spoken to her in a few days. I just thought about being like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to just have a phone call? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I probably will. It's just like because, like, we would have. I if certainly this wasn't happening, we almost did go out. I think, or we talked about it, but like, it, it's it's frustrating because can't get to know people really aside from you know video conferencing or or phone calls. Yeah, it's it, it is like on the one hand for me, you know, I live alone. I lived alone for a long time. I'm I'm kind of used to this stuff, and uh, the video calls are are kind of sustaining me and giving me like just the amount the right amount of human contact I need but I think for some people especially if they're extroverted and that sort of thing like it it this this type of thing is is hard they're not really they're not really built for this and then you throw on top of that trying to do something like you know dating or anything. I mean that's yeah. like, what, do you, what, do you, what do you do you know you each make dinner and then eat, eat across from each other on zoom like what do you <laughs> but weirdly enough when this whole started I started getting a lot more ads for dating apps. I'm like, what the, I'm like, what are you doing? I can't leave the house. How am I going to date? 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It's really funny. Um, I the day, a couple, I got a couple of like the dating apps were asking me if like I would consider dating during coronavirus, which was interesting. I'm like, yeah, sure. Obviously not. Like I can't meet in person though. No, and it's and it's frustrating because like, you know, like literally I got like two or three responses from people as the shit was hitting the fan, and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is like just as it's you know, I'm I'm maybe entering a peak, and it's spring. People want to date again, right? Mm. And it's just like really like hurting our ability to, you know, uh, to find companionship. <laughs> well, you could just do what I did and just give up. Oh, don't say that. You gave up? When did yeah. you give up? I'm retired. You're retired? From dating, yeah. Oh, man, don't retire? No, you know, I, it's, it's not going to happen. I, I knock off a lot of people by, you know, with the vegan thing and the politics thing and the, you know. I can't, I can't be with somebody who's religious or anything. Like, it's just like, I, I, there's like 5% of the people out there that even qualify to begin with. And then, and then like, they have to like me also, which is a stretch. So, no, <laughs> okay. Oh, come on, dude. Come we'll see. On. We'll see. Maybe I'll come out of retirement and then the virus is over. I'll just crave being around humans so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you know, again, having pets is, is nice because you have companionship. Yeah. Which, which yeah. I... As much as I, you know, owning dogs, like we talked about, is is uh, is a huge responsibility. It costs money. But, you know, I think there's a lot of single people um, that are jealous of their of their single dog owner friends because at least they have some, you know, someone to interact with. Yeah, that's true. Although I will say uh, one of them is his back legs are starting to go pretty quick. Oh, geez. So I've, that's kind of uh, fast forwarded my timeline as far as like moving out to a place that doesn't have stairs and stuff, but you know, we'll see. So what do you do for mental health, self-care, you know, um, trying to stay sane, I guess, in isolation. I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks. This could be longer. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I go for, you know, walks. I do, I do a fair amount of video chatting and phone calls. Like I would say mm -hmm. like probably, uh, on average one, one a day at least. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that in, in you know modern life with technology, I think we've all become very flaky. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm and the worst. Think, you know, like, you know, you know, it happens to everyone, right? Like some, like, let's say I text you just to say what's up and it'd been a while that we talked, you'd be like, Oh, I want to respond, but I don't want to start a conversation right now. Mm -hmm. I'll text him back in, in two days. Mm -hmm. And then you forget. And then you, ne then we never talk. And I do it too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, so and, and the stuff with like Facebook and stuff allows me to like, we, like we, like when we were talking last night, we said we hadn't talked in probably at least 10 years, right? Like verbally to each other. Right. So, but like, so like Facebook allows us to give, to have that lapse, right? Like it, it absolves us of the responsibility to like connect more meaningfully because we're liking things and posting and messaging and that sort of stuff and commenting. And we're not actually like talking on the phone or video yeah. chat or anything like that. Yeah. No, I didn't like you know, like social media has its problems. At the same time, it's nice to be able to keep track of people that you For want sure. to talk with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, one of the, the 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 first time I got on Facebook was to keep in touch with students who had graduated. You know what I mean? And then, and I, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's great. I think it's great that I can like keep in touch with people around the world and that sort of thing. And, you know, that I wouldn't normally talk to. But it, it does kind of let me be lazy with some things, you know? Yeah. And like, I wonder what's going to happen after this is over. Because like if if we're spending a lot of time video chatting and connecting with people or reconnecting with people, are we gonna are we gonna be, realize like hey those people are important and I really do want to 
do a good job of having healthy relationships, even if it's just on the phone, even if it's just video chatting. So I feel like people are, maybe, are hopefully going to try to be more connected. It's really mm-hmm. weird. You know, part of the reason I think I'm okay with this or I'm dealing with it okay, and maybe mm-hmm. you are as well, is because social isolation is kind of the norm in, you know, postmodern society, right? I hardly see people, and, you know, I come, like, like you, I come home from work and, uh, you know, I just might want to get stoned and watch cartoons. Sure, yeah. Um, and I'm just too tired to phone call or communicate. So in many ways, I'm, like, you know, we have, we're having family, like, my, my mom's family is having, like, group chats. We've already done two. You know, like, I'm seeing people that I wouldn't see on, on the regular, that I would see maybe a few times a year top. Um, if I remember correctly, you're, uh, you're of uh, Pakistani descent? or Yes. Okay. Do you have any family abroad? At all or no? Not any close family. It's like, uh, so I have some cousins in the UK and that I don't really, that I'm, not, I'm bad about keeping in touch with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some, I have some family in Pakistan that I'm not really close to. I have some second cousins in Pakistan. I haven't really like, I, I'm, I'm going to try to reach out to some of that family to see what's going on there. Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, you know, uh, how how it's affecting different countries that we don't hear about it much. Like we're hearing a lot, uh, uh, we're hearing a lot about China and Italy and Spain and and here, but not a lot about other places. You know. Yeah, I look at the heat map, and it seems like uh, the places where it's not really happening yet is uh, South America and Africa. Okay. And again, I'm making a broad generalization, but um, for whatever reason, those two continents seem to be. Unscathed, but it seems like there's everywhere in the world there's pockets, right? Yeah. One thing that disturbed the hell out of me, and uh, I saw the I saw I posted a couple days ago is uh there's a apparently the biggest refugee camp in the world is in Bangladesh. Okay. And, and they just got it, camp. right? I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's disturbing because they're like it's because the, the people who run the camp are like it's not a question of if it's a question of when and how bad. Yeah. And it's really like scary. Uh, it, you know. These, this refugee camp is not dirty. It's uh, limited supplies. Everyone's using public showers and toilets, mm. uh, which are often not working. Um, so, like, I can't imagine the humanitarian catastrophe that could occur. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a refugee camp in a poor country. Yeah, no, that's going to be terrible. People, a million refugees. Jesus. So, let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, we talked a little before about silver linings, about like the way that people live maybe their work-life balance or how they connect to people or that sort of thing. Have, have you thought about like political silver linings, like any opportunities that we might have to make a better world that way I out mean, of all this? Like, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the welfare state is looking pretty good right now. I think people are obviously even more into uh, Medicare for all, you know, like you know, canceling student debt, rent strikes. I mean, I, I paid my rent this month, but uh, people are already talking about doing some kind of rent strike. Mm-hmm. Going forward, and like, yeah, I mean, look, I it's you know, Bernie is uh, behind, obviously, mm-hmm. but th- with the election being paused, I mean, hope I'm hoping the narrative can be reset. And uh, you know, like the more exposed Biden is, I think here's the thing: it seems like he is getting worse. The the last, I mean, the last few appearances he did were really, were really like cringy, and um, mm-hmm. part of me thinks he might have to drop out. You know. I, I mean, that would be great, you know, obviously. I mean, I, I have my uh, have my doubts about whether it would happen, but, like, what right. do, you, do you think this, this sexual assault thing is going to stick? Or I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, like, the Democrats, 
for all their flaws, are much better about this sort of thing than the Republicans, for sure. But I don't, I don't know that they're gonna they're gonna let it stick. I, the way the establishment has handled this election is in the most cynical way possible. The reason they coalesced behind Biden is because they knew Biden was cutting into Bernie's support with you know working class white men. You know, if they, they coalesce behind Klobuchar or Buttigieg, it, that might not have worked. I can't imagine that whether it's Obama or the leadership of the party is not aware that Biden's brain is devolving. Yeah, this is this is beyond like, oh, I stuttered when I was a kid and it still comes out sometimes. Like, this is like, you're, you're, you're a little, mm, couple, couple screws loose to be president. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's just, if you even look at him speaking in t- 2016, he was much more sharp. It seems to me, I have some experience with dementia. It seems to me that he is... He is experiencing dementia. And the thing about dementia is when it, it, it doesn't hit in like a, a neat line, right? Mm. Uh, you can get it one day and it's not really an issue for five years. Then, then five years later, it just all of a sudden you start to tumble, mm. you know, and then you stabilize and then you tumble again. You know, it's very, um, it's, I, from my understanding, it's not a hundred percent, you know, there's still some questions about it and how, and how it happens. I, I, from what, from what I understand, and, and how and you know why it takes the paths it does, but it's not it's not a straight line, and it's it seems like, from my understanding, it seems like in the last couple of years this is starting to take place with Biden. I, I'm 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 concerned that he's it's it's actually getting worse right before our eyes. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it it is, and the people close to him have to know like this is untenable, but I don't know. Yeah, like did you see the inter- any of the interviews this week? A couple short clips, nothing. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I remember there was one who's like, we have to take care of the cure because it'll make the problem worse. Or, I don't yeah. know. I was like, what, was it? Wait, what are you, what? Yeah. And like, he's had a stutter his whole life, but it's not been apparent until now. Mm. And one of the signs of dementia is things like a stutter will be harder to control. Mm. Since 2016, I, I've vaccinated from uh, hope to despair. And- <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> like and, like all of us yeah yeah but there's been it's not there's been no it's been it hasn't been any middle ground there's either very wildly hopeful things you know between aoc between the the progressive takeover of the new york state senate and assembly and uh there's been a lot of hopeful things uh and then there's been a lot of really dark depressing things i mean trump obviously being one of them obviously coronavirus is is a terrible thing but i feel like there is uh, like like you said on the onset, there is some silver lining, and it seems like people are actually are worried about their jobs and about having money to put food on the table, even people that are not necessarily poor. And I think that uh, social democracy, at the very least, is looking really good. There was part of me that thought that Trump was going to become a New Deal liberal. I'm starting to have my doubts now. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, the you know, talk... You know, if someone asked him about UBI the day before this really this shit hit the fan, he'd have been like, "You're crazy." And now it's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, cash payments, direct payments," mm-hmm. um, and and that's obviously that uh, the stimulus is not enough. But the fact that they were even willing to do cash direct cash payments um, is is kind of groundbreaking, especially for cons- quote unquote conservative or right wing party. Absolutely, um, yeah. And this is not going to be enough. And I think when people start screaming and demanding more, I it wouldn't shock me if they deliver more. Yeah, I mean, uh, his type of conservative isn't shy about actually using big government for their purposes. They say they say they don't like government, but then they use it pretty well for their purposes. 
And also, he loves people loving him. He loves a win, you know. He loves slapping yeah. his name on something. If he could call it something like the Trump deal or, you know, instead of like the New Deal, you know, and the Trump recovery and, you know, the, the, the Trump stimulus or some shit, right. you know, like he would love that. He would love that shit. Now, I don't know if Mitch McConnell would let it happen, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the case. It seems like the one area that they don't give in to Trump is is any kind of social democracy or, you know, public investment. Um, yeah. I think if Trump had his way, there would have been an infrastructure bill. Um, he's a builder. He likes building things. He's, yeah, he's, he's got, he's, he's such a great builder. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We're going to play a game. You ready? Yeah, sure. We're going to play uh, a game. I've been playing with a couple people recently uh, on these little video calls. Uh, and it's called one got to go. So I'm going to give you a list of four things and you got to get rid of one of them. One of them okay. has to go. Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent. Eminem, Lil Wayne, one gotta go. Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent, Eminem, Lil Wayne. Oh, Lil mm -hmm. Wayne. I'm not. He's the uh, Lil Wayne, in my opinion, is very talented, but is he's really dumb. So his rhymes are really dumb. Okay. Uh, something tells me you might like this one. Uh, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, Zelda, or Mario Kart. One's gotta go. I've never played Donkey Kong Country, so I'm gonna go with that. Okay. All right, but you like the other three? Yeah, um, have I, I played Super Mario World a little bit. I don't have a game console. In fact, um, one of the things I would, I, I got my, I got my, uh, what's it called, my tax return. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with the stimulus and spirit of the stimulus, I will spend money. Uh, and I wanted to buy, I want to buy an Oculus uh, Quest, the standalone VR. Okay. And um, unfortunately, they're all sold out. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you after that question if you've been, if you've been playing like any Nintendo Switch or anything like that in your downtime during this recovery uh, so, uh, uh, quarantine, but I guess not, right? No, I don't have a console. My roommates had like PlayStations in the past, and now we don't have one. So there's been no gaming. I love video games. I like video games, but I'm 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 not a person that needed to have a console. I play a dumb phone game. Uh, this, this it's it's like a uh, Bejeweled meets Marvel, basically. Mm, okay. It's Marvel Puzzle Quest. That that that's been like my kind of uh, addiction. And of late, I haven't been playing it as much before coronavirus. And now I'm playing it a little bit more. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's so hard to know what I keep track of every day. Like, you know, I'm doing a few hours of work a day. And then, like, I'll, I'll listen to music. I'll play a little piano. I'll read. Um, and then, um, I, you know, I, I've been, uh, you know, trying to watch the Netflix and mm -hmm. uh, HBO. I figured now's a good time to watch Deadwood. <laughs> Uh, have you seen Deadwood? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it in years, but yeah, I, and I didn't see the movie uh, either. I just just the series. Yeah. Uh, so up late, I've been watching Deadwood, Better Call Saul, um, this this anime called The Dragon Prince. You know, Deadwood is that show that everyone says is is like between Deadwood and Breaking Bad. I think those are the shows that everyone says is the next best show after The Wire. Mm. Well, funny you should mention that. Uh, one gotta go. The Wire. Breaking Bad, Narcos, Game of Thrones. Um, I've never seen Narcos, uh, but I, I, if if Narcos is as good as they say it is, I might go with Game of Thrones, uh, because I was so pissed off about the ending. Mm, it's the fresh in your mind, with, yeah. At the moment, I'll go with Narcos because there's a, I mean, I read all the books, mm -hmm. and the characters, there's just some moments of Game of Thrones that are phenomenal. And there's just some characters that are phenomenal. 
and uh, really stick with me. I think. Uh, did, you, did you watch all those shows? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, all four of them. Uh, Narcos. I didn't see the last one, the, the season about Mexico, which probably tells you that I guess it wasn't compelling enough a show that I had to watch the last season. Yeah. I don't think it belongs on that list with those other three, but yeah, yeah. that's that's the card well, that I pulled Narcos, out of the right? deck. What's that? You picked Narcos out of those? Yeah, ones? I would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the first few seasons of Narcos, but, like, it doesn't, you know, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, since we're on to the Game of Thrones topic, mm-hmm. there's a YouTube video you should watch about the last season and about uh, Daenerys' turn. And it was great because it summed up how I felt about why I hated it so much. And, and the title of the, the, the video is called, and I'll share it with you, it's called Foreshadowing is Not Character Development. Okay. And that's what I was trying to explain to people. I'm like, I know they've been telling us she's going crazy, but it still wasn't compelling. Okay. What did, so what did you think about the whole last season? You know, I think by the time the last season came around and I had known that, like, they had outpaced Martin's writing so much and weren't didn't have the guardrails that, like, the source material would give them, I kind of knew that it was going to be a little subpar and a little too Hollywood. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the ride and just whatever. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't get as pissed about it as some other people did. Okay. See, I think I was with you until the last season. And then it just felt like all these things were wasted. And uh, they clearly didn't have – I mean, I think it's clear what happened, right? They're not good writers. Um, and when they ran out of story, they, it just – everything started to, like, you know, drop. Like a lot of the great lines that you remember, the one-liners you remember, were directly lifted from the book. Mm. Um, and a lot of the great story arcs, including, I think, uh, you know, the truth of John's parentage, I, that actually has not been confirmed, but I believe that's probably the same in the book. So it's like a lot of the great parts of it are from the book, and I think they were good at adapting. Mm. Um, but I don't think they're good writers. And I think, um, I think they have a deal with Netflix, and I, I'm curious to see what they put out, but I think it'll confirm. What what are you watching these days? What am I watching? Uh, honestly, not much of anything. I I fell I fell behind on all my shows. Uh, it almost feels like it's a job to keep up on them. And I haven't just like I haven't been able to concentrate and read. I haven't been able to stream or watch movies or anything. Like I just like I have the cartoons on in the background, and I you know fuck around social media and and do teacher stuff. You know, like it's I don't know. I can't I can't. I can't get into anything. I can't like yeah. invest in the plot yeah. of anything. Cause I just don't, I just, I don't know. I just having trouble concentrating. Okay. Wow. So, uh, miseducation of Lauren Hill, college dropout, get rich or die trying or good kid, mad city. Oh man. You're, there's, you're picking like three hard ones. And there's always one obvious one. Cause I, I don't, I don't know. Good kid, mad city. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it all depends on what people have listened to, you know, the last person I, I talked to, they dropped the 50 cent one. So you know, you're dropping uh, Good Kid Mad City. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's one for you. Sure. Money, sex, weed, travel. <laughs> um, wow. I guess I would. I haven't really traveled a lot uh, of late. So you're not missing anything. Yeah, and um, although I kind of want to say sex. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, being single a long time means you uh, can go without it. And again, against productivity during a pandemic. But 
<laughs> at the same time, it's, it's you know, sex is a distraction. Sure, sure. And like, you, even when you want to do other things, it gets in the way. All right, last one. Sure. You ready? Free housing, free food, free transportation, free health care. One got to go. Free food. Okay. Because? I, I can eat. I can eat on the cheap. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather they all be free, obviously, but. Sure. You know, I, I still have like the uh, college student mentality. And like, even these days, even though I can afford to buy groceries, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't need to, I can't leave the house. So I eat less. Mm. And one of the great things about piano and the other distractions is I, I just, you know, like, you know, like the vices, whether it comes to food, whether it comes to sex, whatever. You know, it's a lot. A lot of that is boredom, unfortunately. I, uh, absolutely, it. yeah, yeah. And um, I eat, you know, like, and I, I have to mo- monitor myself. But like, when I'm into things and when I'm getting excited about things, and when I'm like journaling more, I just don't eat. Mm. I just or eat less. And Maybe I that's the key. Maybe I need to journal more. Yeah, journal. No, distract. Just you know, do things that are worthwhile, that are fun, and that you know, journaling is self care. Yeah. Uh, but like you'll, you'll, you'll find that you, uh, you're craving food less. Mm. I think I'll look into that. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you uh, uh, for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it to add to my Corona cast collection. And it was very good talking to you. Thank you. I look forward to hearing it when it uh, goes live and listening to some of the other podcasts. Okay. That's my chat with Airfon. You can go to BrianTalksToHumans.net for more info and everybody stay safe. Mm-hmm.